Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, Sunday morning, actually Sunday midday. And uh, I do not have a sponsor for the bio, so I'm hoping later on somebody will pop up this week. But I do have for the Parsha, so I'm going to do the Parsha, even though it's out of order. Um, and our sponsor is from Scranton, Pennsylvania, from Michelle Epstein, was really kind enough to say, you know, I hear about after the fact, how do you know when you're looking for a sponsor? Unfortunately, uh, in the nature of the things, I, usually, I almost always am. That's how it goes, week by week. So thank you very much, Michelle Epstein, and in uh, Pennsylvania for uh, sponsoring the Parsha. I didn't even look at Parsha's Noah yet, but I have an idea of what I wanted to say, connecting it with last week's Parsha. And without any further ado, I'll jump right into this. I mentioned last time the uh, very interesting interplay where God says to the Nachash, the snake, you know, who you should You know, he'll get you at the beginning, according to the uncle, he'll get you at the beginning, but you'll get him in the end. The Yitzhar will get you in the end. But here we're talking about snakes also. You know, as I said before, when you deal with what we call mysobracious, the stories and braces, they have many different levels of understanding, different mefarshim understanding, and different uh, modes of interpretation. One doesn't necessarily uh, cross out the other, although sometimes people think that that's not the case, they're just wrong. And um, there's the uh, you know, philosophical interpretation, there's the literal interpretation, there's all kind of various sorts of things over there. And there's also being medayic, you know, uh, exactly in the words. Now, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. It's very interesting to me that uh, when God cursed the... Uh, l- let's put it this way. Uh, Adam and Eve ate from the apple, or whatever it was, a chita, esrog, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and as a result, all this bad stuff happened. They're kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and uh, they have mortality and childbirth and all the rest of the sorts of things. And the snake is punished in his way, and, and all that. Uh but remember, Hashem says, which means that, which can mean, I think I interpreted it this way, I did in Shoal and Shabbos, certainly, uh, that the snake can get you in the end because he holds out, the Yitzhar never goes away. And so sooner or later, uh, you know, you give in, or m- most people do. You get it? Uh, it's almost like a metaphor for modern society because uh, in our modern consumerist culture, in the United States of America, where I live, it's a free country. Nobody makes you do anything. But you get tired of saying no. You know, they say, try this. Watch this movie. Read this. Do that. Try that. You never had this before. So you can go through your life constantly saying, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. Sooner or later, you get tired. As soon as you get tired and you and you hooked up to one of them, they gotcha. That's the nature of the eats of heart. Now, I mean, you know, I think everybody knows that. Now, here's the, the point. Uh, the stories of Bracious include some wild and crazy stuff. There's no question about it, which is exactly why they say people shouldn't get too much into the mice of Bracious. Now, I know they're talking about Kabbalistic and all the rest of it, but I think not even the Kabbalistic level. And I have in mind uh, the following. When anim- uh, uh, God says to the snake, you know, who you should cherush, I touch it, men, okay? So I'm punishing you, the snake, 
But in the end, if you think about it, who wins in the battle between God and the snake? The answer is the snake. Am I right or am I wrong? Read Parsha's Bracious that we just concluded yesterday in the synagogue. Parsha of the week. Who wins in the end? Does mankind go in the good direction or mankind go in the bad direction? The snake triumphs. Ad kedekach, that God says, Emches Olam HaShabarosim Alpanem Kinecham to God's seeing. The snake made God depressed. That's not my words, that's in the Chumash. Okay? Vayar Hashem at the end of Parsha Bracious, just before Noah, this leads to the flood. Vayar Hashem ki Rabba Ros Adam Baritz, Bechol Yetzir Machshav Aslibo Rak Rak Kol Yom. That means the Nachash won. Okay. But don't worry, I thought this was okay. The Nachash won in mankind. Think of those words, right? That uh, Now, I understand the philosophical problems with that, but I'm reading what it says. Uh, that God got depressed. means Dorch Arain Arain. He got really depressed. You know, it wasn't just... Uh, like we would say, to, I mean, the closest I can think of it, not that I'm a doctor, is God had clinical depression. But yes, that save Eli Bo. He went deep into his heart. So in other words, I tried to punish the snake and introduce enmity between Eve and her children and the snake and the snake's children. But it didn't work. Right? You know and I know. That's the end of the parsha. Except it says Noach Matzachim Bein Hashem. So it's just weird that in the end, you know, the this, this, this snake won. Okay? Now hold on for a second. Uh, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. When God punishes Adam and Eve, he says, He says, Since you ate from the apple, uh, okay, so I curse. He doesn't say I curse you. Is I curse the ground because of you. You know, it'll you'll you'll eat in sadness. And then you'll die. You'll return to the ground. It is a very interesting expression. Why didn't Hashem say this? I'm punishing you with death. I'm punishing you with mortality. You were going to be immortal, now I'll make you immortal. Something like that. Instead, the language is, Notice I, I condemn you to work the land. Right? To work the land. So I'll tell you what was occurring to me. There's a very interesting but very, very weird uh, Rashi, a Medrash Rab, of course, in the beginning, in the six days of creation, the third day. Mamsh the Maisa Bracious. I'm talking about chapter 1, verse 11, Aleph Yud Aleph, where it says, This has to do with that stuff that usually we don't understand. We don't look closely into. Uh, the plant started and all this kind of business, but Rashi says, "Eight pre." Again, Rashi simply giving you a medrashava, right? Eight pre zok Rashi, she tama eight ketama pre. So God originally intended that trees should you should be able to eat the bark, so, so to speak, you eat, eat the wood, right? It should be edible and it should taste the same as as the tree. 
So if you have apple tree, something like that, you know, the branches are also edible. Uh, the he lost again, but the earth disobeyed God. Or at least it says it didn't do it. El batotzi arts ate so supreme, veloa ate pre. So instead, what the earth produced, as I understand this, was trees like you and I have today, which is there is the fruit, but then there's the tree that grows the fruit, and the fruit the tree grows the fruit itself is not edible. Uh, although I do have to tell you, uh, in the case of me, myself, and I, my father, I should say, in World War II, when he was in concentration camp, and they were starving, I mean, starving, starving, as you can understand. I remember he told me, there are times when he ate uh, tree bark and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know what the effect was. And I've read that in uh, North Korea, they had starvation, and people did things like that. And my father did eat grass at certain occasions. I'm telling what human beings can do. I asked him, I was a little kid, I asked him, how do you know which one's good and bad? He says, if it tastes bad, you spit it out. If it's edible, you swallow it. Now, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know how, I'm telling you, Lamaise, I'll show you. But whatever the case is, that's extreme measures. Ordinarily, you don't eat wood. And so, what happened? Hashem said, Tama eats Ketama, a pre, that's what God wanted. The Hilo lost the king. Ella, Totsi arts eats those a pre, below eats pre. Lafika sucked Rashi. Kishin, and again, it's from Medrash. Kishin is Kalil Odamalavono. Later on, when Adam and Eve was punished um, for uh, eating, you know, uh, from the fruit of the Eitzadas. Nifka um, de the earth was remembered and punished also. That's why he says, Aruro Hadama. Okay? So, in other words, according to this, there's like a shot question. This is a certain Mahalach in learning Rashi. You know, why is the ground cursed for what Adam and Eve did? Unless you say, Hashem said, you know, I've been waiting to punish you from the time you disobeyed me on the third day of creation. Now we're in the sixth day of creation when Adam and Eve just did their sin. So now, once I'm punishing the others, I'm going to punish you too. That kind of idea. I get it. You know, it's a matter which I, I, I hear the word. But the weird part, of course, as we all know, is how can the earth disobey God? Okay. Now, if you look very closely, I don't want to go to this Mahalak, but I'm just telling you. And the Sifseh Chacham quotes from the Marshal. It must mean the Maral, I'm sure. It must mean the Maral. You know, because the Maral has his commentary on uh, Rashi, you know, the Gurai. Maybe I'm wrong, whatever. But he says, the marshal says, why did the earth do so? And it had a kavona. And notice, let's put it this way. It doesn't say it disobeyed. It says he lost came. But really, it means he disobeyed. Otherwise, why would you be punished? So that introduced us to the question, how can the Adama disobey God? You know, that's like weird, okay? Uh, what does that have his own personality and things like that? Now, uh, I'm sure the Rambam or somebody like that, the Rambam will say it didn't really happen this way, blah, blah, blah. But let's go with the, let's go with what we see, okay? For, for, for our purposes now. Let's go with what we see. So it's very interesting. I'll tell you why. Disobedience is there in the earth before man is created. Do you see where I'm going with this? That's a Metzius. If this was all on the third day, okay, that uh, so it's the third day of creation, the Yabash appears for the first time and he calls it Eretz. So you have something called the Adama, and then it's Shetachi or Stasha and so forth and so on, and all of a sudden, and the earth is disobeying. So you see that God created, at least, I'm going to what I'm seeing in front of me, the way it makes sense to me. You know, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm telling you the only way I, I, I it, it makes sense to me. So you see, when God created the earth, 
it wasn't the earth like we understand. It was just like a a a, a, a dome, you know, a dumb, a mute sort of uh, you know existent. But rather had some kind of a personality, and Bechira was put into the uh, the creatures themselves during the six days of creation. Maybe the Bechira ended and was confined to Adam and Eve and their descendants afterwards. I don't know, but they had some kind of a Bechira, and the earth didn't want to do what God said. Okay, now by the way, that's fascinating. Why do I say fascinating? There are theories, as I'm sure you've heard before, and their Chazals, that this is not the first earth or universe that was ever created. It's the one that you and I live in. Uh, but Hashem created all the worlds. There's, you know, there's uh, Chazals like that. God created all the worlds, and He didn't like them, and He destroyed them, and He started new ones. So why didn't He like them? Uh, why didn't He like them? Uh, so first of all, the whole thing's very mystical. But not, like I said before, today I'm going with the with the plain understanding of mystical stuff. Uh, why did you know? Why did why did God not like him? It sounds like they were disobedient. You understand? So you think about the dinosaurs. I mean, I'm, I'm speculating here. The, the Earth before the Earth, uh, other worlds, uh, but they were disobedient. So some got rid of them, and they created this world that you and I inhabit in. Hoping that there, this time they would be obedient. And here's the earth itself. Just from the very beginning, before Adam and Eve were created, disobeying, because God said, I want Eitzos and Pri, and they said, no, I'm going to do it. That Pri is one thing, and Eitzos is something different. Now, the reason I'm making a big deal out of this is as follows. How is Adam created from the ground, from the earth? You see where, you see where I'm going with this? Why does the Torah bother to tell you that Hashem took off from in Adam and blew in the nose? Why didn't Hashem simply go like this? Shazam, Yeshmiayan, there was garnished, and now there's an Adam. You, you, you understand? Like, why is the story that way? That'd be the way I'd do it if I were God. Have no connection with anything else. Just go poof. And the same way you do Yeshmiayan and other things, we're talking about the Rebunshalm over here, so you can do with Adam and Eve, with the human race. But it's not so. For whatever reason, Adam was created out of the Adama. Adam and Chava. But the only thing is, that's not all it was. It's also Vayipach, I mean, you know, you have the Ruchnius part. That's what the whole Chaim uh, of book's all about, right? Now, uh, so here you have this creature called Adam who's created and within a short time he too is disobedient. Isn't that interesting? You know, because I'll say it was a few hours after he's created. He himself ate from the Eitzadahs, Adam or whatever. Uh, not long after they were created. What does that show you? Aurora Adama Bavrecha. Damn the earth. In other words, you, Adam, have that Adama stuff in you. You get what I'm saying? I don't know why. I'm just following what Rosh says. You see that the earth itself, I mean the physical planet Earth, you know, see it's the physics. The earth contains like its own way of thinking, which was not in accordance with what Hashem wanted. And that means that there's a certain Bechir out there. No, there's the possibility of choosing Ra, of, of doing what Hashem doesn't want, was there even before Adam was created, and therefore it's part of Adam. And when God curses Adam, right, he says, Not the way, you know, the Rashi Mepharshim say, which, or the Medrash, which is, now I remember what you did before. I would understand that Hashem is saying, Damn your Adama that you have in you. That's where you get your disobedience from. You see? Right, that's where you get your disobedience from, uh, and uh, and and you're going to. That's why you're going to end up. 
בזה יספר התור הלחם, עד שוב חל אדום וכממנו לוקחתו. כי עופר אל תביא אל עופר תשוב. You see what I'm going? This עופר business sounds like, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of disobedience. And the earth, so therefore I'm telling you the following. Look for, the, look for every time in Parshat Bereshit and Noah, this coming week's Parshat, every time he talks about the earth. Because that's what comes out, you see, very, very interesting. Uh, it even says at the end of Parshat Bereshit, Hanafilim hoi ba'aretz ba'yom mohem. That these Nephilim, where these powerful giants or corrupt uh, officials, whatever, from the Oretz, they had that earthly thing in them. They had their disobedience in them. And the Pasuk I quoted before, Vayar Hashem ki rabba ra'as ha'anam ba'aretz. Why do you have to tell me rabba ha'aretz? Why don't you simply say it like this? Vayar Hashem ki rabba ra'as ha'anam. Why do you have to tell me rabba ra'as ha'anam ba'aretz? You see, the Eretz is the, is the source, it seems, of the disobedience. Okay? And the Pasuk goes on to say, so I would read it, you know, like I don't know, man. I, I'm just telling you the way it appears, appears to me. I would read it. God repented, you know. So I made a mistake creating man out of earth. I should have just made him poof like that out of nothing. Then he wouldn't have this disobedience gene built into him, and that was a mistake. Now, again, read the words. because this is God saying that he he regrets what he did. Hear the words? I will erase man. So you see, the Aritz was, was the problem. Now go to Parshish Noach. And what does it tell you about Parshish Noach? It says um, that God said like this. Do you, do you see where I'm going? I, we usually understand that to mean the following. But um, that the people who inhabited the Aritz, using the word Aritz as like a, sort of like a metaphor, I don't know, there's a term in English literature used for that when you use something to represent a whole. But so the whole Aritz, meaning the whole human beings on the Aritz, were mushchas, were corrupt, and the arts, the land was full of chamas. So like we talk in English nowadays, is this country is uh, full of corruption. Uh, you mean the people in the country, you see? I get that, uh, but not necessarily. It could mean, and I'm thinking more and more, the arts itself got more disobedient than it had been before. And therefore, it had that bad effect on the human beings. That's why the snake triumphed. You get it? That's why the Yitzhar triumphed. But the Shachis Arts of Neakim, but Timoleha Arts Hamas, and as we all know, Vayar Alkim is Arts Vihnei Shchasa. You understand? I don't think people usually read it this way. The Ibn Ezra famously says Anshe Arts. I mean, I get that. That's how we always read it. But I think I may be onto something because look at the words. The arts was mushchas. That hishchis kol basar, even the animals, like Rashi says, uh, you found, uh, you know, crossbreeding and hybrids and things like that in the animal. When I asked my son; he knows that he's he's more of a Jordan Peterson type of guy than I am. Uh, I remember listening one time he talked about. 
gay thing among animals and a hybrid thing among animals. If you go and look at 17 hybrid animals, they don't look so, you know, uh, they have all these names for these things. Uh, a liger and a tigan and a jaglion and a leopon and a savannah cat and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, what do we see over here? The, 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 the behemoths also emerged out of the yard. So therefore they had they had this kind of stuff and, and the people originally with Automaritians started from the Aritz. And so what what does Hashem say? Uh, I'm going to destroy the Aritz. Isn't that interesting? Uh, where is it? Ani I'm going to punish the earth. Of course, he's going to wipe out the, the people who live on the earth. I get that. But he's going to punish the earth. And the earth will be different afterwards. Okay? Uh, now, uh, and he goes on to say that the earth itself was ripped apart, didn't it? Machis is called Yikum. I'll wipe out the people, the, the creatures that are living on, on the land. That's not the land itself. Uh, here we go. It says, So the, 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 the deep waters from underneath ripped apart the land, the earth, and reorganized the world. As I'm sure many people know, uh, when you get to the flood, there are all kind of scientific questions and problems with it. There really are. And uh, one of the things that many have observed, not just me, is that it seems like continental drift comes as a result of a flood. That's a speculation. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm sure I talked about it in the past. This is the idea that if you look at the Earth as we have it today, a map of the, of the Earth, the, of the land masses on the Earth, the, the continents, so they, you see they were once together and then they ripped apart. Lamashal Take south, go on a map if you know what I'm talking about, and look across the South Atlantic. On the left side is South America, and the right side is Africa. Do you see if you put them together, it would fit like a puzzle? Do you notice that? Things like things like that. Okay, uh, you could very easily crunch together, remove the Mediterranean, put or, you know uh, Africa and and uh, and Europe, Eurasia, you know, together in one in one business. Uh, they're pulled apart. By Nivku minus Tom by some catastrophic, cataclysmic event. And I'm sure I said in the past, I even learned that when uh, the one science class I had taken college, which was ge geology, and they talked about uniformitarianism and catastrophism and things of that nature. But what happened? The earth was physically ripped apart. Uh, I mean, the, the land mass. And uh, it, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know, I'm speculating. It sounds like by pulling the earth apart and, 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 and interposing Mayim in between it, it somehow or other weakened the, 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 the massive power of the earth, the, the massive nature of the earth as one gigantic landmass. Imagine if all the planets, if all the continents came together uh, and the water surrounded it around it. So the oceans were not where they are now, but they were in the edges of one gigantic round landmass. I mean, you know, the life would be very different. The human beings would be very different. Uh, it sounds like something like that was going on. Now, you never know. When it comes to the marble, you know, there's so many weird parts of it. You don't know, you know, where to go. Uh, how could he fit all the animals on the uh, on the ark? The, the basic question is, the marble cover everything? Uh, was it only the Middle East? Was it the whole world? Was it a China part of the marble? Uh, here you get into all kinds of gigantic issues because, you know, 
there are flood narratives in many other cultures, but not all. On the other hand, there are those who say, uh, I mean, I'm looking at Yonas and Apeshitz over here, and this week's Parsha, it's Ferris and Yonas. He says, Kivari lo yarit sham hamabal, but Okeanus, Kimak sarach lamabal bayam. He said there was no marble in the ocean, because what's the point? Uh, Hoffman is. I don't, I don't want to get into that particular thing. I'm sure there are other websites and podcasts that'll do that. Um, but buried within all these questions is the nature of what happened, you know, with with the Aris and the disobedient land. It seems that after the flood. You know, the, not only was mankind chastised by being wiped out, except for Noah, but it sounds like the, the earth itself was chastised and and, and, and cannot rebel again. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know. That's 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 what it seems to me. Uh, there was a new, and, you know, the prophet Isaiah talks about there'll be a new Shemai Vars in the future. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean a new physics, but it can mean a, 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 a new science, a new nature, uh, a new reality which cannot be disobedient. I, like I say, I don't know. Uh, I don't think today we like to think about nature being disobedient of God. But that sounds like a Bodhisar. So, um, although you have all kind of weird sources out there, believe me. But it's fascinating to speculate upon this and that Noah would therefore represent, uh, you know, the, 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 the one person who didn't, who didn't get destroyed. But I'll tell you the weird part. If I were Noah, now maybe I'm being influenced by the by the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah. Uh, God says, take all the creatures onto the ark. If I was Noah, I would take all the creatures on the ark except one. I would leave them to drown. Which creature would I leave to drown? The snake. Why did Noah save, save the snake? <laughs> you understand? Uh, the, the, that would be the best. What happened to the snake? Oh, it's one of those dinosaurs that got wiped out in the, you know, in the flood or something like that. But we have snakes today, and I don't know exactly how. I'm speculating here. Does this mean he took the eggs of horror onto the onto the ark? I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not clear because they say you know Chum was doing stuff on on, on the table. It's it's a it's a very weird kind of story, but it does. I'm sure at some level I haven't totally worked it out. I'm sure at some level we find that. Um, the 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 very nature of the arets, uh whose disobedience was shown at the very beginning before the creation of man itself, is manifested in the way that the flood, you know, destroyed the earth. Because why didn't God send Corona? Get what I'm saying? You know, why a flood? Why didn't He simply send them a gefa? Uh, that's the easiest way, and. It's like the neutron bomb. It doesn't damage the nature or all the rest of it. Hashem wanted to damage the nature. He wanted to wipe out all the animals, except the few that survived. He wanted to wipe out the human race, except the few that survived. And he therefore seems to have wanted to wipe out the Oritz, except the new way that came after the, the, the uh, Mabel. So when he said, Arura Adam uh, back in time, Adam and Eve, it's almost like a prediction, you see? Arura Adam Um... I'm not sure exactly how to relate this today with the fact that I'm no expert in the climate uh, change and all that business as uh, political football, but, you know, scientists and others will tell you that the arts itself is in crisis, which is just very interesting to me from a uh, firm perspective and how precisely 
you know, you're going to uh, match that with the stories of the flood. Uh, you know what what the uh, the Torah significance of it. Let's put it that way. Is is I guess left to your uh, local Orthodox rabbi. Anyway, these are some of the ideas that I think are very fascinating. And I'll leave you just with the question. Don't you agree? If I was Noah, I would leave the snake off. <laughs> that that would have been the, the best end to that. Uh, but anyway, there you have it. I want to thank once again, Michelle Epstein and, and, and uh, friends in, in uh, Scranton. And uh, have somebody for the Haftorah. Maybe somebody this week will step forward for the, uh, for the, um, the bio or the history one. And uh, with that, I wish you a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.